0: Rita ran away in September. October came and went. Kate missed her so much on Halloween that she carved Rita's image into a pumpkin.
1: What was amazing is that it really did look like her. Like, it captured something about her face. And I had posted that on Facebook, and somebody said something like, Oh, it's a beacon to Rita calling her home, you know.
0: (laughs) But she didn't come home. November rolled on, Trump became president-elect, the weather got colder, and still, Kate wandered through fields and neighborhoods, trying to find her cat. All that wandering gave her time to think, she thought about cats and survival, about presidential politics, and about race and privilege.
1: And the ability to kind of roam around in people's spaces, you know, private spaces and not be a threat. That was something that I feel like I thought about a lot when I was out there walking around by myself. I also thought about the vulnerability that I had just as a woman wandering out around alone and the fear of male violence that is always present when you're a woman and you're out alone after dark. But that wasn't as strong for me. I I didn't feel it that much. Mostly I felt safe and protected. And so that was a real revelation. It was kind of a physical revelation. It was something that I always, that I already knew on an intellectual level, but like being out there doing this thing that I really felt like I needed to do and that if I wasn't a middle-class white woman (laughs) approaching 50, that, (laughs) you know... I might have seemed more threatening and I might not have actually been able to do this thing that I wanted to do. My freedom to do that would have been limited. My freedom to approach people and have them respond to me kindly.
0: As we've discussed before, how we appear in the world affects how people react to us, whether it's age, gender, or race, or just the fact that we're unusually beautiful, as you might remember is the case for Rita.
1: People kept saying, that is such a beautiful cat.
0: That may be why people kept going out of their way to help. Calling out Rita's name in the middle of the night. Burying dead cats and then thinking, oh, maybe that was Rita. Maybe Kate should come dig it up. There were a lot of good intentions out there, but you know what they say about good intentions. The road to hell is paved with missing cats. The only good thing about going down that road is that the destination would have been warmer than winter in Bloomington. And if you're wondering what my point is, it's that at this point in the story, it's December. And if Rita survived this long, it's going to be harder in the next few months. Kate needs to find her soon. When you've been searching for a cat for months, and you get a call from a man with a horse who says he's seen your cat in his barn, and that barn is not too far from the last place you saw your cat.
1: I could picture her traveling that distance.
0: And you're standing in line at the bank with your husband and son. When you get that call, you leave that line. You get in your car, and you drive over to see the man with the horse.
1: he had a field behind his house but then there was also a neighborhood right there and so we looked around in that neighborhood and we saw this cat and at first we thought it was her and we went up to her and it was not her it was a long-haired calico very friendly we pet her and stuff and and we were like oh that's probably the cat he saw and he thought it was
0: her at least this imposter was alive They told the man they'd seen her in the neighborhood, and it wasn't Rita. And he said, I don't think that's the cat I saw.
1: And we didn't really believe him. We just felt like he just wants to help. And, you know, he he means well, but he doesn't know what our cat looks like. <laughs> doesn't
0: know how beautiful she is, is what Kate means. So they go home. A couple weeks go by. Another call comes in.
1: I saw your cat. I know what she looks like. It was your cat. She has been eating crumbs off of my deck. Like cracker crumbs or something, which I thought was a little unlikely.
0: Because you'd only leave cracker crumbs all over your deck if you were trying to attract wild parrots. And, you know, there's only one parrot in Bloomington, and it goes around by bike, so it's probably not coming to your deck. But Kate realized that if there was a cat eating those crumbs, it was probably a desperate hungry cat, because who else would eat crackers off a stranger's deck? Seemed like it might be Rita. So Kate and Carl went out. Turns out it was right near the barn where the man with the horse had seen the cat he thought was Rita. Which made them think that they should look in the horse barn again. So, they talked to the horseman and he said yes, he'd seen her since Kate's last visit. Next time I see her, he told them, I'm going to try to trap her. He's convinced it's her. Kate and Carl say, Okay, sure. Go for it. Thank you. As they turn around to go home... They're thinking, if that really was her, she could be so close right now. She could be behind that house, hiding in that brush, or around the side of that barn. She's on their minds, so they decide to stop in the old neighborhood again, Peppergrass, where the real live Rita escaped from Kate's arms. Occasionally, they'd stop over there, put out food, walk around, call her name.
1: And it was getting cold, like it was December, and it was late December, and... Carl I will just never forget this. Like he put out some food and said, "Here you go, Rita." And there was a little crack in his voice like he was about to cry. And I just realized like he was just as sad as I was about this. He was just as torn up over it. He missed her. He maybe didn't cry about it and talk about it all the time like I did, but he was he was feeling it.
0: Even the people we spend more time with than anyone else, sometimes we don't know what's going through their heads. Kate went to bed that night with new insight into her husband, but still no Rita. It was almost winter, and the world looked grim. A man who'd lied and cheated and assaulted his way to fame was about to become the U.S. president. The U.K. had narrowly voted to harden its borders with Brexit. Alton Sterling and Philando Castile's deaths at the hands of police were still echoing alongside a homophobic terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. In South Dakota, police were using armored personnel carriers, batons, and tasers to push members of the Standing Rock Sioux and other tribes off the land they were trying to protect from the Dakota Access Pipeline. And... Rita was still unaccounted for. Probably alive somewhere nearby, but they couldn't be sure. The next day, Kate had a meeting to get to. She knew the people she was meeting with—it was about a project for her son's school—and they knew about the search for Rita. As did everyone Kate knew, and because of Facebook, hundreds of people she didn't know. She was on her way to the meeting, and she got a voicemail. It was the man with the horse barn, and it seemed like really good news. Such good news, we decided to go digging in the archives for this message, and I am happy to say the archives came through.
1: We got your cat in a, in a cage, and we got the picture, and wife and I both think that's your cat. Wild as can be in this cage. So give us a ring and, and tell us when you can come. I'll keep it in the cage till you hear something
0: keep the cat in the cage till he hears something whatever cat it was it wasn't going anywhere but still it felt urgent kate told the people at the meeting they were excited told her she had to go she texted carl he picked her up and they drove to their son's school if it really was rita cosmo needed to be a part of this just like he needed to be there when they dug up the dead cat you never know when it'll be the one you're looking for As they drove down there, Kate and Carl made it clear to Cosmo that this, too, might be another false lead. It might not be Rita, they warned him. It wasn't just Cosmo they were preparing for disappointment. So, they arrive at the house. They head up to the porch, each asking themselves if it's their cat in the cage up there, each wondering if it's Rita or another imposter. There have been so many. They see the cat. It's scared. It's howling. And
1: It is our Rita.
0: They'd found her. She was thin and dirty, but alive. Kate thought it was a dream. She was scared they might not be able to get her home. She might slip away again. One thing was clear.
1: We were not going to get her out of the trap until we got her home. So
0: The man said they could take the trap with them. So they put her in the car.
1: Got home, brought her inside, brought her in, brought the trap into our bedroom, shut both doors to the bedroom, and then let her out of the trap. I think the first thing she did was run and hide under our bed. But then we like put some food out and we talked to her, and eventually she came out and she drank water and ate food and. Uh, it didn't. She didn't. She wasn't skittish for very long. Like she seemed to recognize that this was home and that we were the people she knew. And she started purring and she relaxed and and she was okay.
0: When you haven't seen someone for a long time and you get back together, it can be a little nerve wracking. Will it feel as easy as it did before? Often it does. It didn't take long after Rita got home for her to start doing her signature move again.
1: She just kind of lays down on her back and then really stretches out, and then like her feet are going one way and her upper paws are going the other way, and she's like in this spinal twist, and it's it's such a perfect like yoga posture. And every time I see her do it, I'm like, oh, she's so smart. I should be doing that, you know. <laughs>
0: Kate thinks Rita probably didn't do a whole lot of spinal twists in the three months and a week that she was on her own.
1: When you're in a survival state, whether you're a person or you're an animal, you can't, you know, and domesticated animals have this kind of leisure and ability to like relax and like lay down and expose their tummies and do spinal twists and, you know, like really chill out. And I I always felt like when she was out there in the wild, she would never have that ability to do that because she was in danger or she felt like she was in danger. And so she would would never be able to lay down and do a spinal twist, for instance. (laughs) And I think that's also the case for grooming. I think that you can only groom when you're safe enough to groom when you're a cat like you have to have a level of protection before you can really like focus on grooming your whole body for however long that takes you know (laughs) and so that's why she was dirty when she came back to us because she's a very clean cat like both of our cats are always just immaculate and so sometimes when Carl's like nowadays when Carl's like scratching her chin he'll say remember when your chin was dirty (laughs) you know Remember when you had a dirty chin?
0: All right, we've come to the end of our story. And if there's one thing I want you to remember, it's that Rita only made it home because of all the people keeping their eyes open for her, even though they didn't need to. And I think there's something in that about the harsh realities of the world we live in. We need each other. If there's a lesson here, it's that it takes a village to catch a cat. And to take care of one in the first place. I mean, Kate said even the carrier, the one that broke and let Rita escape, that came from a family in Cosmo's class. They, uh, don't have it anymore.
1: We destroyed it. And I've always kind of secretly resented them.
0: I guess I want to end with a message for Kate herself, because she's a good friend of mine, too. So... Kate, I know how guilty you felt about Rita's escape, but I think what we can learn from all this is that it takes a village to lose a cat, too. That's it for our story. If you liked it, tell a friend. In the meantime, I have a few friends and colleagues I'd like to thank for helping me put this together. Most of the music in the third time Rita left was composed and recorded by Ramon Monras Center. Other music came from Backward Collective and Universal Production Music. Editing help came from Molly Weiler, Ross Gay, Essence London, and Kate Young herself. This has been a production of Inner States from WFIU in Bloomington, Indiana. And thank you for listening.